0: Hello and thank you for tuning in and listening to the Mint Podcast. It's great to have you with us. We are Sean, Sarah and myself, Dave, focusing on Everton, culture and the variation of football talking points from quick insights to in-depth discussion topics.
1: Where there is discord, may we bring harmony. Where there is error, may we bring truth. Where there is doubt, may we bring faith, and where there is despair, may we bring hope.
0: The eyes to the right, 261. The nose to the left, 322. Destitute docks and Tories starving miners. No listener, it isn't 1984. A Rashford revolution sends us back to when the Sedana was cancelled in Catalonia. How football fans aren't just fiscal, basking in Bilbao. Phoenix clubs, franchises General Franco and Everton, at the case of a community club. It's politics in football on today's Mint podcast.
2: So on today's pod, we're going to be discussing politics in football and having a discussion around, should a club reflect a city's fans' politics or should the city's or fans' politics be represented by the club?
0: So it is reflective of the area. I would assume dependent. So, the fan base in which you're maybe discussing necessarily us as Evertonians, I think would be reflective of our city, which is quite easy to categorise with our, um, as much as we don't like the colour, the big red wall we've got um, outside of our, sort of the very corner of our boundary. So, I think in terms of an Evertonian or even a Liverpoolian, it's very easy to maybe specify how you'd be able to do that because it's ve- it's very one-sided in, in our city. It's it's kind of a bit like its own little Bilbao in being able to fundamentally specify opinions politically. Um, we do have our odd rogue who votes Tory or goes a bit Brexity. But I think in terms of Liverpool as a city... The, the question would be and, and 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 the answer to your question sorry would be more of it i think i think clubs should be representative of the city of the people it's very easy to say that from where we're from a bit of a different question though if you're from a different city in regards to that
2: so obviously uh, we've got some great examples around europe and you've just mentioned bill bow and with athletic club athletic there dave uh, When I look elsewhere, obviously, big clubs like Barcelona and Real Madrid are very intertwined with politics, um, as well as uh, Lazio and Roma in Italy, just to use a different country and a different example. How do you think it stands for Everton and its fans in comparison to some of those examples I've just given?
0: I personally think that those clubs are direct representatives of their community. I think the integration, I think specifically in terms of Iberian maybe and Mediterranean and Italian politics that in terms of especially Bilbao you know the policy itself of Bilbao is it's not it's not written in in, in writing but it's like an it's like a it's like an agreement that the club has with itself in regards to being the identity of the people and I think in Italy and in Spain, those clubs have made that decision to be the identity of the people. And I think that's something maybe in England that is lacking at the the higher level. Maybe for that corporate investment, they won't be able to sell it as well. Because the Premier League such a um, such a machine in terms of financial money-making and marketing globally. Are you sidelining a huge percentage of, of, of what we are technically classed as customers for your own business model, if you're doing that as a football club, as Everton, if they decided to do that. I don't feel Everton do represent, I, think, I feel like segments of Everton represent the city, but I don't feel like Everton as a whole is fully behind the way that a Roma or a Lazio or a Livorno would be in Italy.
1: Do you think we're falling into the a new period of, you know, that 80s Liverpool where football and politics were side by side, weren't they? Such a, a strong identity of the city, I think, comes through that Scouse defiance, I think, and and that managed decline that the, the city was dragged into with the Tory party. Do, do you think that enforced political death sentence that we had and and that yet through that football could rise up through it Do you think we're falling into that again now? We're seeing that the city has to stand on its own two feet again. And Will the clubs hold it up, in a sense? Do you think that we're going into that next generation with it?
0: I would say that it would be dependent on the people. I don't know if you agree with that. It's dependent on the people at that time.
1: So not the clubs? It's dependent on the
0: people? Yeah, I feel like fan movements now, because of that corporate structure of a club, maybe it wasn't in the eighties the club was more centralized on the city you know if you were a Coventry fan you were from Coventry if you were a united fan yeah you're a bit more global maybe but you were generally from Manchester if you were an Everton fan you were generally either had some connection to the city via relations but I feel now um so so the so the club was able to make that step so able to to be the the driving force behind Building up a community just for a Saturday, to then spend the next seven or eight days in decline, and then it was Saturday again. I feel like it's a bit different now. The club is more network. It's more global. It's more present on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday through social media. More socially aware, yeah. More socially Socia- aware, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know those models in terms of something like, uh, and I feel like it is quite different in terms of you know, Sean mentioned before Lazio and Roma, two clubs in the same city with very separate opinions, with very differing political affiliations. Um is that something that could be raised within our city? In, in in you know, I don't I don't ever think it would be personally, as much as I dislike, you know, petition FC across the park. I don't particularly think that they they would ever get to that. I don't think their fans, their their base of fans, would ever get to that standard.
2: Yeah, it does like as Sarah touched on earlier as well. Um, both sets of fans definitely fall on the or well, lean towards the same size as side of the political spectrum. Obviously, with it being such a Labour stronghold, uh, with sprinkles of probably Democrats in there, Liberal Democrats and um, uh, Green Party members as well in and around the city, I imagine. Um, very few Tories uh, will be knocking about, uh, but I'm, I'm sure like wider the field when you're into getting into yeah North Wales and Cheshire and um, up the East Lanks, um, obviously that does probably filter in and they, they still go the game and things like that, willing to spend their money and come to watch those teams, so obviously they're, again, fans of the same clubs as us and I'm sure there's a cross-section of all well now as you've touched on earlier with uh with the game being so global now the outreach is a lot further than um what you said in relation to the 80s before where um a lot of the outreach was probably into europe with away days and things at that time not a lot of money flying about whereas the moves the world's moved on a lot since then and um it's going so much wider field especially when you kind of you got US-based fans uh, for both clubs, and um, other parts of the world like Asia and that as well. Obviously, their allegiances change, and um, it's definitely interesting to see even countries getting behind clubs such as like Man City um, and Barcelona Qatar. and, and uh, yeah, Paris Saint Germain. Like, like it's working on a larger scale now, isn't it? And um, obviously, with the Premier League being the biggest league, they've got some of the biggest. Um, governments around the world backing them not just uh, parties in one country so it's a very interesting concept but to kind of hark back again and bring in uh, a question to Sarah that um, I know you've got a lot of information um, and expertise on sort of um, history in and around Liverpool and uh, you briefly touched on before with the what your thoughts on the correlation between the um, obviously the time period of the 80s when managed decline was happening under Thatcher and now under how many years of Tory government uh, and with the pandemic, things are being highlighted. I'd love to hear what you've got to say on those similarities.
1: I think the difference between that 80s um, outlet of football for the city, it was probably more affordable. I wonder now how how that might affect people you know that i it was obviously a lot cheaper to attend the game then at that point
0: do you Probably. said i think there's a social responsibility then to to overcome the challenges that were in the 80s and plan for them happening again now
1: so and, and use everton use that as a
0: springboard a, conve-
1: a, a springboard conveyor yeah. belt yeah i think so i think it's it's a perfect opportunity for both clubs by the way <laughs> to to actually come together cuz i mean if you think about it by by the time we sort of got to hillsborough the the city did feel well it, it had to didn't it out of grief and um attack from the outside i mean it was liverpool was 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 hung out to dry wasn't it and we're still feeling the repercussions of that as a city, as a people. Um, and I think at this point, I mean, justice is probably just about maybe being touched on. But I mean, in terms of that, yeah, I do. I do think that the clubs need to work together. They need to look at the areas that surround the clubs, those grounds, and, and think about the next 50 years not just what can we do if we're in Europe in 12 months, you know, or if Everson move and this is the next project. And we, they need to think 50, 100 years. You know, there's this only a few generations, so they, they have to think about that. It's really important.
0: Do you think during that period we put our partisan tribalism to one side? Uh, and it did help that we were both very successful during that period, uh, yeah, you know, it may have not been so easy if one of us was very good and the other one was not, or vice versa, or both of us were very bad. They probably would have been the same. if We were both very bad as well as being very good. Do you think there's very there's turning points, and I feel like um, there is now, um, whether it's left or right, or whether it's rich or poor, or whether it's northwest, not north, not north and south even. Do you think there needs to be that coming together of the? more micro-scale tribalism between clubs within their own environment rather than coming together nationally, which is obviously much harder to come together with people that you maybe don't have as much in common with. Just find it is now time maybe to do what we were doing in the 80s and, and align politics with our clubs again and utilise the fact that the, you know, the core base of the people that cared about the club on on a, on a... You know, a sort of deeper level. Not saying that people from outside the city don't, but that deeper integration with the club. Then they need to they need to see that both clubs, Everton, need to see that, and they need to do everything they can to represent the fan base.
1: Yeah, I think it will start. Obviously, it will start with with us, and chopping down any you know barriers that might actually be there. Of course, yeah. But you start from from the bottom, don't you? And if you've got any problems internally institutionally or through the fan base whatever it is you, you of course there's no point in trying to join with Liverpool and say look this is this is what we can do you know you've, you, we've we've got we've got to figure out our own problems and then sort of hit them you know what problems head, do you do you on. think
0: that we need to figure out first then
1: I think it's a unity isn't it I'd, I was looking at um Moments through history from the last, maybe the 20th century, that Liverpool and Everton have have felt that they were as one, and I think the 84 the, the League Cup final, and I think both sets of fans were singing Merseyside. Merseyside, Merseyside, Merseyside. Yeah, it's that, that famous me classic
2: and land. And Both sets yeah. of yeah. fans <laughs> chanting Merseyside. <laughs> and me and my, me and my dad have
1: definitely had this discussion, and I was I was having a look at it before, and there's something really powerful about that isn't it and if you take away all of the animosity and the bitterness the rivalry at the heart of it is two very proud clubs in one city and we have to embrace that and celebrate it and although I'm probably the last person that wants to celebrate anything that's red red, yeah (laughs) I'll be I'll be nice um I think we've got to. We have to embrace it, especially because we know now, financially. I think this is the 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 repercussions and the impact of of what's happened this year will be with us for a long time.
2: Yeah, I think com- in comparison to like what you just said there, Sarah, the like the unity there, and um, with. <laughs> because they're both city- the same city so in comparison to a rivalry like a uh, 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 Real Madrid or a Barcelona it's not as fierce and it's not as separate because both clubs are so localised and that unity can be achieved um, uh, a lot more quickly because there's families who are split with Everton and Liverpool fans isn't there we, we we all know someone or we're all like our best mates even but even families so there's there's always hope there that that unity will prevail again and um but touching on the the Barcelona Real Madrid sort of division um and that fierce rivalry under um well in the 21st century um coming out of the war under Fran- Franco it's quite autocratic the society at the time and uh Catalon- catalonians obviously being unable to do certain things from even dancing in a certain way at one point. Um, However, towards the end of um, Franco's sort of reign and as Spain um, started to kind of turn more towards democracy after he died, uh, Catalonia experienced a high rate of growth and then Let's say at the peak of 1992, when they held the uh, Olympics, and what that what lasting impacts that had for the city, and more recently in the UK with London, obviously they successfully won the bid, and obviously London's a strong city as it is anyway, and that how that cha- galvanised the whole country and the lasting impacts on a sporting level, but as well as um, sort of what's come out of that for West Ham, let's say on a football inside as well. Um, you can't imagine having something like the Olympics in Liverpool in 20 years time with two great stadiums and the sort of economic impact of that on businesses uh, and the growth of the city in galvanizing what was one of the busiest ports in the world over a hundred years ago bringing that back but in in a modern industrial way um it's and surely the the clubs being such a powerful economic source in the city as it is probably two of the most I couldn't think of any other businesses who have as much money as them pair and in turn they're not gonna they're not handing out welfare because I'm living in Canada now (laughs) I'll use that they're not handing out that to everyone who's not going to do anything like what benefits can come to them if they lay down the infrastructure with Everton in the community where can that go and how can that flourish and How many jobs can that create, not just in the city but further afield by welcoming different people from different countries and things like that?
0: So from what what I get from from my opinion is that um, the likenesses between the two clubs should be utilised as a bond to create a platform for that change. Whereas we're in this, like our cities, in this unique position where we have two rival football clubs that have the same political ideology, opposed to two rival football clubs that have a different political ideology, or even not necessarily football clubs, like you mentioned there, Sean Catalan, and the different ideologies and the the independence strides from the separate. You know, for, for separate them from Spain, and then you look at Bilbao, who are fundamentally sort of they're what they would call they they call them non ultras like their ultras fans classify themselves as non ultras because they don't like to be perceived as that far right. Um, so they're non ultras, and they fundamentally stand for anti racism, you know, anti fascism, and pro independence of their state of Bilbao um the positives that come out of Bilbao would be that you know they've got as a club they get very high sell-on fees for their players because they're so unique in terms that they have a very small pool of players to choose from um and that policy which isn't necessarily a, a law goes all the way back to 1912 but they don't have they have a couple of rivals but but Bill Bower's estate is a large is a is a large place in terms of footprint, whereas the city of Liverpool is a a very small sort of geographical place, which means that those positives could be turned into very insular negatives if they went too far, and I think then you would move it along. Maybe you've moved it you've moved away from being slightly you know left of centre to being so insular. And so we only need players from the pool. We only need... You become so in Chile, you become right. So I think there's a fine balance between the two, isn't there?
1: Yeah, it's full circle, isn't it? Do you think the, yeah. the difference with why there is such this um, clash of identity with the two clubs maybe working together financially to support the city, do you think it's because one cannot exist without the other? You know, I mean, from the very beginning, I mean, it's quite clear, isn't it? There's such uh, a unique um, story behind the two clubs that it they run parallel, don't they? That one needs the other or needed the other in order to exist, but that actually they can't coexist. Sometimes, can they? It's fascinating.
0: No, I think of the two personally being the underdog, and I don't know whether you both agree with this. That the most recent, you know, Project Big Six stuff and the European Super League, of the two, I think Liverpool would make that step to disassociate themselves with the geographic location of Liverpool itself.
1: Oh, I agree with that. And become more global. I
0: think what Everton have done in terms of representing the community with Everton in the community and things like that. They've embedded themselves into the city and we've you know won awards for our community base and our community charity work. And I feel like it would be such a U-turn if Everton did not want to coexist within the city. And I think if and I actually don't think Everton I don't think Everton wants Liverpool to move away. I think half of our fire and half of our you know half of, at least more than 75% of my time on Twitter anyway, mm. is winding people up about... And I feel like there is things like that that you need, yes. especially when you're in a political environment that we are.
2: We, we are we're we going to the game despite Liverpool Football
1: Club, not because of it. We're sort of like... Old school. Yeah, and it, <laughs> even though they thrive on the image of old school, they don't really want us there. But if, if Liverpool could pick up that, whole, that... If they could pick up that paper punch and... Take it somewhere else. You know that they would.
0: They take it to America, wouldn't of they? Of course they
1: would. And so you know that politically, I mean, they're there. They they they're basically using. They're using it, aren't they? There's there's no loyalty to the area. They'll say that there is, and it will come across as as that. But if you do, you think? Let's say, for example, in some strange parallel universe, if the two clubs decided to fund the city. Almost like um, they gave every year. There was like a revenue that came in. Do you think that would encourage other clubs to do the same? And what impact would that have on the city? Would would it be? It's like a republic, isn't it? But the 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 city is is funded predominantly by these two major investors.
0: I think it would feed in to. I think one of the few environments which. Can sustain it. I think you know. You look around the country and, and pockets, and Liverpool is a very small place in theory. Um, you know, it's not even the biggest city in the north. But I would, you know, uh, there's a lot of football fans, both red and blue, and you know, other clubs, Prescott, Cables, Marine. You know, go even as far as somewhere like you know Fleetwood or, or Chester. You know, and I feel like th- there's a lot of f- similarities. Um, and I feel it would either even strengthen the them-and-us narrative, or, or it would use as a platform. Um, and I think a lot of people sometimes do think, you know, oh, football gets preferential treatment. I think in Liverpool it can, to be honest. I think there's not many people that are emotionally attached to one or the other. I think... The preferential treatment of, of of football within the city you are actually sort of putting a big net around a lot of people in the city um, and then it's the job to find maybe smaller nets to encourage people using different ways and using football as a platform to, to integrate them into the net as a whole
2: yeah it's an interesting concept now that i've kind of lived in well i'm living in toronto currently now like i've lived here for just over a year in in the city but i've been living in canada for a couple of years and sort of toronto's approach um to new work new uh, expanding market so for example um google is built like there's a lot of development with high-rise condo build condominium buildings here and downtown Toronto is looking to get investment on their waterfront with Google to create a smart city Um, and I always think like imagine that happening in the dock space the infrastructure is already there it just needs modernizing and those jobs that come with Google one of the biggest well if not like that's got as much money as a lot of countries in the world as a business. Yeah, it's like
1: the next industrial revolution, isn't it? It's it is.
2: Yeah,
0: well, there, not it? To some extent, though, it would leave behind.
1: That's a great point.
0: The yeah. lo- the lower educated uh, or the less educated or the, the the less opportunistic. Do you think a generation of people would miss out on that on that benefit and? it would maybe have a positive effect on, on maybe the younger generation because they'd grow into it, but do you feel like maybe people in their 20s and 30s who maybe didn't get the education they deserved due to funding or government issues in Liverpool, that they would miss out on it?
2: Yeah, I think you, you're gonna, there's going to be someone along the line who's going to miss out, unfortunately, and it, obviously it's luck of the draw, really, at that point. Um, if you, it's either you make a decision, if that opportunity arises, like, are you going to take it on and progress with the world or you are just going to say no and just suffer more so if anything because you're not welcoming that job. Um it's a it's a interesting one to call and I know we've discussed sort of about the the idea of Tesla opening a plant with electrical green cars in the in the area and there's the infrastructure there across on the Wirral uh, with General Motors having the Vauxhall plant which employs a lot of people from Liverpool as well and sort of Jaguar Land Rover as well. Those technologies, um, and not necessarily it has to be a Tesla, but that technology coming through those companies and bringing those jobs back that have been taken out of the country and moved and been acquired by other businesses from, let's say, growing powers such as India and places like that. Um, uh, (laughs) People might even, like, I've seen the bloody, it's... (laughs) I don't necessarily agree with it, but like upskilling does need to be done, but not in the way the Tory parties are pushing it down people's throats at the minute. Um yeah. But like, it, like the people of Liverpool and the surrounding educate uh, area shouldn't be deterred from going to progressing and going to university and getting those opportunities, so they can we can create that person who's going to bring or be a part of that in, a in next industrial revolu- uh, revolution uh, let's face it like for me and my family I'm not 30 now I was out with my parents neither of them went to university my older cousin did encourage me to go whereas if I lived in well you said his parallel universe example I might not have ha- happened that might not have happened to me because it didn't really happen only on the other occasion happened in my family but I chose to follow that path and what's come out of it for me and the opportunities that come with that. Um and again under the Tory government bringing it back as I was finishing uni and now my like younger sister her tuition fees are three times the amount of mine and like how the the government the current government's suppressing those people currently from following that path
1: which is a shame really. What do you think of the Everton free schools then? So Everton branching into education, you know, so it's fourteen to sixteen, I think. If if I'm wrong, correct me on that. But yeah, what do it you is think a... about those sorts of programmes? I mean, is is it important? I, I mean personally I think it's I it's think
2: good it's good for important. the community. I a hundred percent I'm at your side, Sarah. I a hundred percent agree that it's very important for, for that and more of that. I
0: think it's I I don't think they should need to though.
1: They shouldn't need to, I no, think well, there that's should it. but be the argument it, what we're trying to to broach here is that
2: it's not their responsibility. The clubs, but I think they should. No, it's do definitely it.
1: not. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like um, the NHS being, you know, given millions of pounds of, of charitable money. It's it's not a charity, right? We all we all agree on that. But if the club are wanting to delve into those avenues education I mean that's the first thing isn't it in in areas like that education it's vital that's what you it, it and it's something so many people take for granted so why shouldn't, so why it's shouldn't interesting they do it?
0: so at, at what point then would it say your club say our club say Everton didn't invest in those grassroots not necessarily even football education you know motor skills um, you know um, disability funding. At what point, if your club didn't invest in those things, do you feel that you would lose patience? So when would your club stop representing the fan base?
2: I think there's been a real clear um, evidence of certain clubs in the league wanting to break away and form an independent league or European Super League or even charge customers to pay per not necessarily not customers, fans to watch the games at home via pay per view. Though like little decisions like that where the fans being cut out um in essence just for marketing money and the business has got to make sense. Like they're in it to make money. Like we're all under no illusions that football's a business and they're gonna make money. But where it stops representing representing us is if it does follow that model of like US franchise and you'll have uh, a franchise move from one city to another, for example. Um like
0: raiders or something yeah, in California, they'll go like from
2: somewhere in California to another another spot in the country and then set up base there and there's no and then franchises have come and gone, and that i I was concerned when seeing certain clubs wanting to break away who've got u s owners that they were gonna take the Premier League or the the like even like UEFA Champions League like they're the gonna pyramid. break up that yeah they're, they're gonna break up the sort of the t- traditional infrastructure there, create a new one. Which might be exciting for them, but then it completely changes the whole dynamic once again.
0: Do you do you feel more like a, a user and a customer than you do a fan?
2: More like, so. do I do yeah. More so than ever these days, like looking at it, but that I am older and wiser to it <laughs> now that I'm getting Yeah. No, uh, I'm not you delete. can turn a
0: blind eye to the things you dislike and maybe just focus in on the things that emotionally attach you to that yeah. place. But I, I'm I I'll, I'll admit I'm at a point where it feels so fundamentally different to be a fan now than it has ever felt. Like I'm not gonna lie, like you know, even trying to find a stream to watch the match so I don't have to pay some corporate company. The the the, 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 the what I don't want to be, but what is essentially fifty percent of my match day ticket. You know, I don't feel like I'm represented. I don't feel like it. it I'm not saying Everton specifically, but they're, they're part of a larger picture, and I can see why, why small clubs, why well not well maybe big clubs or even smaller clubs get phoenix clubs. Fan, do you, think, fan do you, do you clubs. think
1: that the reason we maybe don't feel like we are disconnected from the club from a, a marketing or financial perspective? Say maybe a Liverpool fan does, just to drop that in there. But do you think because we're maybe we're still we've, we're still in the original ground? um it feels great, that the club the is very point. the club yeah. is very accessible you it, know we've not had that transitional period yet of going into say you know Tottenham's. It's, it feels like a whole new club doesn't it do you think because we're still hanging on to those
0: i generally feel like memories. there'll be a, a generation of our fan base that will be left behind when we move to bramley moor when we will because we will we will eventually move there whether it's within the timescale that's been set out or whether it's in another generation we will have to I think move we have around. to yeah. at some point there is no to. doubt about it but and i think we are we're all in agreement that we we want to be moving there we have to move there it's an unbelievable location but all your worst nightmares as a football fan as an evertonian could could come to fore like Ticket prices could go up. You know they say they won't, but they could. They're still a company at the end of the day, they're a business. Um, they could be categorizing corporate tickets. They could um, not invest in the infrastructure that they need to invest in in the area. It could not come to fruition. The ground could be built. You don't want a a dock's version of a Estadio the Retail Park in Bolton. You know. Uh, division two level now, you know, i think there are worries there. I think we all have a blind faith in our football club that they're gonna be able to do So do, do, do we hold Everson
1: do. accountable then? Is it the I fans think we should yeah
0: I think yeah, you, I think we should 100 percent I think everybody every football fan should be able to be hold their club accountable but at the same time can you hold Sky or BT accountable if you don't like the services? No, you go find another provider. And I feel more and more now Clubs are seeing fans as users, so they'll probably just think, "Well, they'll go find another provider if they're not happy with us, and we'll have that replacement ready to come in for them." Did to you fill notice? That seat.
1: Have you noticed recently with um, Everton have been promoting a, a betting company, and I think we all thought we'd moved away from that. Yeah, it, we did. Yeah, and we we're in next phase, right? Do you do you think the club will? Do you think they're listening? Because I've noticed a lot more people actually calling it out recently online. Do you think that? the club will listen to that you know now they're all maybe they're realising that we're all a bit a little bit more socially aware and conscious of that we've actually got consciences
0: yeah i i think me personally it's something that i've avoided sort of being involved in for for a period of time that i made a conscious decision not to and i was quite disappointed especially when we moved away from sport uh, and then and then this uh new better. I, I forgive me i've you know Excuse my ignorance, I forget the name of it, but it was a bit of a disappointment when I s when that popped up on my socials to realise like right, we've it's one step forward, two steps back. Because sometimes it's worse to cut the tie than you've made the decision to reignite a tie of a of a same nature in a different environment. You've made the tough decision to cut the tie from that industry. Make a bold, brave decision and go with an industry that is Communal, that is. Why not why can't it be local? Why can't it be something that represents the people?
2: Yeah, it did I'm in agreement with you there. I did feel like obviously cutting the ties with Sport Pays there, the the African betting firm, and then to pick up probably more, I don't know, localized one with a better deal. Um, it felt like a bit of a back, back step, but I think a lot of Evertonians do enjoy gambling, so I'd like to kind of provide some balance to this. Although I'd personally want Everton to step away from um, gambling and things like that and, not, and make it, I don't know, not accessible, keep it out of the out of the club. Uh, I do think a lot of Evertonians, any older Evertonians, uh, right through down to um, any fan aged 18 or older would... They, they do see football and betting as one thing. Like They go to the pub to have a pint. It's all part of the fun. So as long as those things are done in modern... I'm not advocating for that. I personally wouldn't want Everton no, to have an exclusive partnership. Historic, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's interconnections, it, it, yeah. Of course it is, yeah. Uh, but the, and, there needs to be a social
0: understanding, though, doesn't it? of what yeah, it does yeah. to, to people's mental health with football yeah, and that's shoved down nothing. your throat 24 hours a day now. Like, if I want to right now, I could put this down and go just turn on football. Turn on football anywhere, I could do it.
2: Yeah, and and that is a big problem wider, and I think it's being talked about more and more uh, as well as mental health. Um, uh, in recent years, it's uh, becoming a, a thing that's consistently talked about as like right, racism is in still to this day um, a huge topic, and it should be. Con- it's one of those topics that needs to be talked about constantly. Um, and my questions to the pair of you um, would be sort of when, for you specifically, does Um, Everton start representing you as a fan
0: so I think once I feel like I'm being regarded as a revenue stream then I will probably start to feel a disassociation with the club I would say it would be very difficult you'd always feel an association Um, and I'll use like Dulwich Hamlet as an example you know hipster Dulwich The Hamlet hipsters. you know, I wouldn't go as far as saying I want my club to have a big picture of Joe Anderson on the front of the top but what I would say is that I think it (laughs) needs... Frightening. Um, What I would say though, it needs to focus in on for me I want my club to be focusing on all levels um, locality and implementing that globalism where it can and I feel like Dulwich Hamlet themselves, you know, fans had um, surveys in regard, and, it, and, it, and the main reason was increased ticket pricing. Why they moved away from their what was perceived as big club like Arsenal or Tottenham or a London-based club, um, and the involvement they they were seen as a customer. So we'll charge you two grand for a season ticket, or nine hundred pounds for a season ticket, or seventy pounds for a one one-off ticket. Forgetting that. You know, in the current climate, not a lot of people can afford that ticket price. So, where are you going to go? Well, people love their football and they want to watch a good game of football. So they'll go to somewhere that's inclusive. Um, a big part of it, as well, is that you could have a drink in the ground. So Dulwich Hamlet do allow you to have a drink. You know, behind the goal. Um, so it's it's very much a you know the the prices for food and drink are lower. Because they don't have to bump them because there's only a fifteen minute period during the game where you can have a drink at half time. Or in Everton's case, the ground is so poorly um, the facilities are so poor that nobody will nobody gets there two hours before the game like they do at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and spends forty quid beforehand. Or forty pound after. You know, there's people at Tottenham have been known to stay two and a half hours after the game. Because it's it, it's it's a social environment, and on the other side there's there's palpable sense for building something new and the future of football at, at somewhere like Dulwich Hamlet, like the social environment of being enjoying the football and this sort of needless tribalism of you know we hate everybody that is on our team, it's it's kind of, or we hate fans that don't think like us, and the weird thing is that they've they've made it to a place where you can be anybody you want but the, the beauty of that is by being anybody you want, you're all very similar in which you, you're just appreciative of everybody the way they are opposed to having that tribalism of we don't like you because you sit there or we don't like that because that's your opinion of our team or we don't like you because you, you do or don't like Jordan Pickford um, and I feel like once my club starts to show signs of trying to push me out in, in terms of, of, of as a customer or as a fan, then that's when I would stop um, having that attachment as much, I think.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting school of thought, actually, Dave, in the Dulwich Hamlet sort of comparison with like creating that social environment with especially like Liverpool as well. It's known for its pubs, and you can go in there with your family in within the city and like bring in that sort of mentality. Not the booze inside. Obviously, you have a pint, but make it a family-safe space where you can, like you say, many different types of people, even have music in and around the ground on the terraces and encourage that interaction with different fans. Like, the rugby do it so well, don't they? And uh, when the North American football comes to London, there's all that interactive fan stuff outside the ground where people are mingling, and it changes the whole. It removes that tribalism. Um, in a way, doesn't it? It kind of creates relationship. Well, it allows a safe space for people to create relationships with one another, which is, like, I've never actually thought about it in that respect, whereas the old grounds, the hindrance to them is they are small spots and there's local pubs written, like, close by. Um, but people are cramming beers down the neck and then they get getting up for the game and then tempers flare up and sometimes, I don't know, certain instances occur, like we've seen, even on the TV... With like a guy in the Gladys Street with his child in his arm hitting someone because <laughs> a fight's going on in the pitch, like you want to remove all that and kind of make it yeah. sort of a more chilled atmosphere, but enjoy yourself kind of vibes.
1: I think Everton are doing a really good job at the minute of tapping into the nostalgia and making you feel that you're part of, you're on the journey with them, even though we're not, we're not even able to go at this at this moment, are we? I do feel connected to them, and I think they're tapping into the inclusivity. Hand in hand, the women's football all feels. It just it feels like they are, they're really conscious of of every single thing that they're pulling out, and it and there is there's a statement and there's depth behind it. So I find it quite hard to find a neg- a negative, or to 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 feel that they 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 don't represent me at the moment you know the community work they did through the lockdown everything is it goes in the right direction for me probably the only thing would be the 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 betting thing again it's 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 hard though isn't it because we all want Carlo Ancelotti to stay <laughs> the, con- the contract yeah. is excruciatingly high we all want hammers we all want alan you know these players; they're not. We we have to find the money from from somewhere, and See so that, that's the that's the yeah. conflict, isn't it?
0: The wider problem for me is that if we were to do something, it it categorically puts us at a disadvantage to our competitors, and I and I think there needs to be more structural change before clubs can make their own individual change. I feel like at a base level there can be club structural change. Um, you know whether there, whether there is. Allowing you know what, plenty of clubs have done in the last five ten years, allowing the female team to have the same training sessions, have the same facilities, rightly so, and that structural change is club based. Um, it it didn't need it, it needed, it didn't need a a larger entity to tell you to do that. You know, morally, no. that was the right decision to, to do these things. But it's all
1: relative, isn't it? It's all relative, yeah. relative to the club.
0: And and but I think in terms of financial structure of how you perform within the market of football, I, I think it's kind of baby steps, isn't it? You can't you couldn't make this big decision because if we said right we want to put a wage cap on all of our players, <laughs> we're getting yeah. rid of like seven of our best players and we're probably not going to be able to get another one. And then we, and then it's about right we're putting a wage cap and we got to we got to double the fund of our scouting network to find these players that now want to play for us for a lower fee. Then do we have to put you know, release clauses in on these players because well, they're going to want to go somewhere else where they can double their money. I don't think you. Should, I don't. I think the why the problem is is that everybody's not singing from the same hymn sheet.
1: But that goes in hand in hand with what you brought up recently about us becoming a sort of a, a machine of homegrown, mm. you know, heroes that we so therefore we don't go i have to go out and spend so much money we don't have to spend millions of pounds on someone that's that might just be the next best thing we've actually got them already because we've had them since they were 12 you know playing at the academy and it goes hand in hand doesn't it then we don't need yeah. that money to
0: but would we get a hammers would we get a hammers in that word our global outreach of hammers is
1: you'll get them at some point maybe yeah. we'll create our own hammers you you've you've you, You've got to, haven't you? It's come. He it comes from somewhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: I it's conflicting, isn't it? It
2: well, it's. Event- I'm just like, playing what, devil's advocate. What, what, <laughs> yeah, like that famous Celtic team of the '60s, when they had the starting eleven, had every player from within a certain yeah. distance as Celtic Park, and Barcelona are evident. And they do obviously farm in a lot of players. Like Messi's a good example, but they produce a lot of Catalan players in their team, so. It goes to show that Liverpool does have the, the the ability of players. It's just those coaching methods um, need to stay up to date and in, like efficiencies need to be there throughout the, throughout the academy to get them off the line. I think Everton are up there with most uh, compared to most with producing Premier League players that go on. They might not not stay for, within our team. They might go on to bigger and better things, or they might go elsewhere and drop down a couple of divisions. Um, obviously, we've got Rooney, Rodwell, Davis, um, John Joe Kenny. I think Wall more. Wall it'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be nice to see more go abroad personally and bring back those influences back to even the coaches. Yeah. Go and have a few that's, years that's abroad not long amount
0: to... to Wagner though at Schalke, maybe let's make decisions <laughs> yeah. better on where we're loaning well, like, John Joe Kenny, yeah. for example.
2: And that's but a wider problem for UK uh, British football. Well, English football particularly. I think I think it's getting better um in the recent five years, but we'd always have players playing in the Premier League from different countries um coming here. So to it's learn sustainability, the isn't it? Yeah. It's
1: sustainability and, and it runs through every Avenue of the club, it's 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 what it's about. It's having a long
0: term well. plan, isn't it? It's having a long term plan. It's saying we can go out and get this twenty nine year old sensation from Colombia, and we can integrate him into a into a core of local homegrown players, and we can do what we're doing now, which we said in the look in our La Cultura podcast about Ancelotti integrating himself into the city. He doesn't feel like he's not from here. Feels like he's part of it, and I feel like that you bringing Hammers in and make and and choosing the right personality type as well, um, not just an athlete, but somebody that we're we we're, we're willing to to stand up and say he is one of ours. What is one to, of ours?
1: Or she's one of it, ours. Nice. To bring it back to politics, then who do we have that you think could be our Marcus Rashford because. I have so much respect for him um, as a, as a footballer, as a, as a as a as a person. I think he's he's taking football politically to the next level, isn't he? Single handedly, yeah. as well. I mean, he's 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 definitely making people listen up that King would never North. have listened up, course. <laughs> but do you think have we got one? Do we? I think we.
0: I personally think I think we've got Seamus Coleman's like a a quiet. Um, community community individual isn't he you know he gives that he, he donates to charities he gives back to the community he does it to the you know the other side of the park as well he famously gave the you know the money over to the donation and the, and the goFundMe page for um the incident with the fan at the European game you know um so i think silently you know Seamus she- is obviously lead as a example. Uh, I, d- I do think though that y- you want. I think Calvert Lewin speaks out very well on issues of race and equality, and I think Rashadus shows good social uh, understanding of his environment, and I think that to heart it's it's a nice little core of players who. And maybe we're not giving enough credit to other teams and their players, and, and, and maybe maybe we're not giving enough enough credit to younger players who maybe are more socially. Um, I think Anthony adept. Gordon's
1: crept in a little bit, being socially aware. I've noticed yeah. the last. Have Which is else noticed that? Yeah.
0: And, yeah, and I think what then what needs to happen is they, they need to be utilised as an example, um, as what can be done with your platform, opposed to um, just sit down, shut up, and score goals. I don't want that from my footballer personally. They get paid in more than enough money. If they've got an opinion, you know, I want them to be able to promote it as long as it is model. Um, you know, then why not? I can do it. For, you know, as long as it's open that the the opinions are their own. I I can voice my opinion. It doesn't matter how much money I'm on or who I work for. I can voice my opinions. Why can't Marcus Rashford or Anthony Gordon or Richarlison or? you know, one matter, why can't anyone do it?
1: So it is pretty impossible then to separate politics from football, I imagine.
0: So it seems. <laughs> Sean, do you have any, any highlight of individual that you see? Because I see Coleman. That's why I see. I see him as like a, a beacon of what he understands what it is to be, to be from Liverpool, even though he's not.
2: Yeah, not in comparison to what you've said with anyone. I don't think there's any anyone I'd I'd probably agree with like Sarah I think everyone should be welcome to the table that's the only point I'd make on that discussion Uh, like everyone's got the right to voice their opinion and they should and they should definitely if they've got a platform definitely promote that wider for obviously moral reasons of whatever they want to discuss essentially I wouldn't single out any players I think they should all come to the table maybe not Jordan Pickford though we might knock it over (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's, a bit, that's very neutral of you, Sean. Sitting on sitting on the that's fence. Unlike
2: you. <laughs> but who shouldn't come to the table then, Sarah? If you're saying I'm on oh the fence. Oh God! Right? How
1: long have you got? <laughs> how long's the table?
2: I mean, I mean Sky Sports have got a
0: barrage of people that sit on panels that probably should keep their opinions to themselves. Yeah, um, it seems to be Peter, more so, Peter so that Peter Shilton's not Yeah. Prime meat for that type of. Um,
1: it's almost like they're going out of the way, isn't it, to to find those yeah. people that are, you know, extremely provocative. But in,
0: I, I think that's a, the I think, negative. I, I think in terms of sports journalism, that's what they do now. I think that, and I think Darren Bent does it. I even think you know Jermaine Genius, who, who seems quite pretty, sort of intelligent. I feel like they're provoked into saying something that is just going to cause debate. Yeah, that's it. and bait, I actually don't yeah. even think half of them believe what they're actually saying. They can't. They can't,
1: can they? Yeah. Surely, no.
0: And and and. You know, it's just prime example of utilising us as users again. That's it. That's all it that is to me. Like I'm, I'm used as a user. Like, oh, what's going to make you interact more with our platform? Say this because this is what this is what starts. This is what starts arguments, conversations, are not, and not something that's encouraged. Arguments are now encouraged, aren't they?
2: Yeah, it's sensationalism from a media perspective. Uh, on on some of those panels, so it's all tongue in cheek. I never believe half of what's said, anyway. With some some of the people that say certain things, really, you just want the facts, not too much opinion on this, that, and the other. And people will say certain things just to create a, a reaction. And you're worth more to them um, when you're angry on Twitter, writing a hundred comments because you're going to see more ads. Basically, it's just making them more money.
1: I think the city's at a crossroads. And we're at that point now, where we are the we're definitely the captain of our, our own ship, aren't we? And yeah. I think football and politics. It's it's the right time now to take full em- advantage of that.
0: Embrace the absolutely, yeah. The join between the two of them.
1: Let's th- em- embrace, th- celebrate know, the city. Yeah,
0: celebrate the city. Celebrate what we're about. Celebrate who we are. Celebrate our neighbours. Celebrate each other. And do it in a healthy manner. So, for me, I completely agree with her.
2: And vote for Carlo.
0: <laughs> yeah, vote Carlo. Forza, the for Carlo. Carlo. <laughs> Conversation over arguments. Thank you for listening.
1: Ciao. Au
2: We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Mint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to keep up to date with all future releases. We would love to hear your thoughts and opinions, so please like, comment and share Mint's Culture on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, and we even have a Spotify
1: playlist.